The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. Now we're joined by Professor Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin, and we want to talk about the pox. We do. Pat, the, right. the monkey pox, the small pox, the camel pox. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so, so you have experience with camel I, pox. I worked on camel pox, yeah, 20 years ago. And in fact, vaccinia, the cow pox that you use in vaccines. Pox viruses are very interesting to virologists for all kinds of reasons. They're great at dodging the immune system and manipulating our immune system in various ways, you know. And of course, the big thing 20 years ago was bioterrorism, was the fear that small pox will be released say on the subway in New York so there was huge interest in smallpox 20 years ago my lab did some work on it back then yeah, and your lab was working on camel pox as well, and you got a call. We did, we did, from the State Department of the US, rang me one day and said, you've got samples of camel pox in your lab. Why? They were asking me, you know. And I said, oh, it's a research project. You know? But that just shows you how, how, how paranoid they were. At the yeah. time of the Gulf War, you know, they were paranoid about pox viruses being... being uh, yeah. now, now, why are pox really? viruses so lethal? Uh, how many do they kill out of uh, 100 people? How many would die? Well, smallpox is the worst by far. One in three die of smallpox in an unvaccinated population, which is a huge death toll. And they medieval times it was the most feared of all yeah. the infections because one in three die one in three survive because their immune system kicks in and one in three are left pockmarked for life and that was a horrible thing as well you know so way back then Jenner the first vaccine against smallpox and eliminated from the world I mean smallpox is now gone entirely from the planet you see and the vaccination campaign stopped and anybody over 50 would have been vaccinated against smallpox anybody under and 50 and it's a pretty long lasting vaccine De- it's not decades. like Covid like yeah. every six months you might need a booster it's probably the best vaccine decades of protection if you have one, yeah. you know, the course of the vaccination. Will it protect you from monkeypox? It will, very importantly, precisely, yes. 85% eff- eff- effective against monkey any pox virus, really. And the, the current one we're discussing is monkeypox, 85% protection. So, so there's, and, and the Americans have stockpiled a billion doses of smallpox vaccine because they were frightened of bioterrorism, you see. So there's massive supply available in the world. And in fact, some countries now are beginning to order it again, just in case this monkeypox thing gets a bit more prevalent, you see. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, where did it come from? from? I mean, obviously from monkeys. <laughs> so well, strangely enough, it, it was first found in monkeys in 1958. That's when it begins. They, they discover this new pox virus in a monkey. It's mainly in rodents. That, that's the main source. Ah. They're the reservoir in Africa. It's endemic in many African countries and, and a very rare enough disease, even in those countries. You get a few hundred cases per year, you know, in the Congo and places like that. And, and what happens is the rodent might bite someone or you can have human to human transmission because it is a, through close contact only. But like the blisters you get, like the pock marks, they're infectious. You see, and if you rub a blister into a wound, then it might spread that way, you know, or fluid saliva is in saliva as well. That's how it spreads mainly. Okay, so do we know how we are getting cases then across Europe in different countries? It's, it's, not, it's not to be too fearful of all these headlines, of course. I think we're hypersensitive to new viruses, aren't we? Um, at the moment, the scientific mystery is they can't trace where several people have caught it from. Uh, the first case was May 7th in the UK. That was someone that came back from Nigeria and must have picked it up there off a rodent, potentially. Yeah. The other people, though, there's about 100, only 120 cases so far, apparently, not, not that many. They can't really figure out how those people caught it. And that's a scientific mystery. We'd like to know where yeah. it's come from. But it's more than likely human to human now. So some human picked it up and then spreads it to another human. But it is quite hard to catch. You need very, very close physical contact to pick it up, especially with the lesions. And in fact, the main way to transmit it is symptomatic. So someone has a blister 
like the, the yeah. cl- classic chicken pox blisters if that that's the source of the infection really so they must have caught it off someone with, yeah. with a blister now it said not to be sexually transmissible yeah. but that doesn't mean that the intimate contact involved in sex might not lead to transmission uh, yeah I think sex is close contact but for prolonged periods you see so yeah. se- sex can be a way to transmit it that's only one though and any kind of close contact really uh, for a prolonged period of time you can catch it off someone else who has it now, now we know that with COVID it took them a while to come up with an effective antiviral yeah. but there is one for this there is that's the other good news with this in a way there's a very powerful antiviral which has been around it's called T-pox great name for the, for the trade name you know um, but that was discovered about 20 years ago actually and again it was the US Army invested in a company called Sega who made this antiviral to kill pox viruses and the Americans have stockpiled again a million doses or something just in anticipation of, of uh, in case of, of a smallpox outbreak but we have an antiviral very effective against monkeypox as it would be against any of these pox viruses so that, that's like your plan B in a way in a sense Okay so it, it's nothing uh, particularly to worry about uh, it's not in any way as lethal as smallpox so what is uh, the the journey of the disease through your system uh, yeah. what happens to you? It starts with the fe- flu-like symptoms of course a fever is a feature of this by the yep. way and then the classic signs of these pox, these little blister filled thing, blisters filled with fluid on your skin appear and we've seen, we've seen images of this haven't we and it lasts two to four weeks and then people are laid up and remember most, the vast majority get over it you see uh, less than 1% fatality overall and then that will be even in people with other conditions anyway you yeah. see there was an outbreak back in 2003 for instance in America it was a pet shop can you believe and a rodent was imported from Africa into the pet shop 70 people got infected nobody died it lasted two to four weeks yeah. it's very self-limiting because if you've got pock marks on your skin you stay home don't you and you can see yeah. who's infectious and who isn't it's very different to COVID because obviously it's symptomatic spreading that way and do those uh, postules uh, resolve I mean do, do you end up with blemish free skin uh, at the end of it well some will have scarring like with smallpox you know but the vast majority crusts over eventually the blister but you can imagine the parents saying to each other leave it alone don't do don't pick it don't (laughs) pick at it or you'll end up with the scar well that's exactly right yeah precisely yeah yeah. scars will happen if you pick at it and it's by the way the the lesions are slightly different say the chicken pox they're more painful than itchy usually these things are itchy with with, with these pox viruses it's actually quite painful the the blister you know but again it'll resolve and and the body the immune system kicks in you see and clears it but it's the virus's way of, of spreading itself making itself itchy so you itch you uh, then expose the fluid which then transmits that's exactly right these viruses are clever they want to spread from person to person don't they so the itching will help it to spread but for the moment not to worry not but keep an eye on it I mean there's no it's unusual but the WHO have said this is an unusual situation because it's the greatest number of cases since 1970 you see and that, that's setting a tiny alarm bell even yeah. though the numbers are small there's still a, you know 120 30 cases so they're watching it and they want to find out where it came from the big unknown is has it changed from the from the previous one again the usual idea yeah. of variants emerging they're sequencing all the the genomes now to see if it's different now it's a DNA virus by the way whereas whereas COVID is an RNA virus mm-hmm. DNA viruses don't mutate very much anyway so the chance of it mutating is pretty low because it's a DNA virus I mean virus, the, the scary thing would be if it turned into a respiratory virus by yeah. mutation or was more transmissible through yeah. more you know le- less contact I guess that would be a concern or went respiratory as you say in the air that's very unlikely but we'll know that in the next sort of week or so actually because they'll know from the sequence of the virus has it changed or not and because it's DNA 
it's unlikely they've changed. The RNA virus is the ones that change, is it? All right. So uh, at the moment, a watching brief, but uh, not to be alarmed. Exactly. Should we be alarmed by the first cases of the new COVID-19 variant, BA4, which have been detected here? Yeah, they're here. That was predictable, Pat, by the way. BA4 yeah. and BA5 uh, begins to dominate. It's the next kid on the block as well. The, 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 the slight concern is even more transmissible. So all these variants that are cropping up, they're not, they're not more dangerous in terms of diseases, but they're spreading more quickly, you see. And BA4 and 5 will now be the one that will dominate in Ireland. But again, it's not that different in a sense. It's just slightly more transmissible. So how about the vaccines and BA4? Should work, absolutely. Yeah, there's evidence the vaccines are holding up, thankfully, against these, these Omicron siblings. They're all descended from Omicron. They ha- and strangely, they haven't given them Greek letters, but they got bored with the Greek letters, maybe. <laughs> I don't know why that is. But it's now BA4 and 5. But no, the vaccines are holding up against these, uh, these new variants. So uh, BA4, BA5 um, are uh, sons of Omicron, basically. That's right, exactly. Yes, yeah, very related. They've changed slightly to become slightly more transmissible. And we know where it's changed in the spike, the bit that sticks in, that's got even stickier in BA4 and 5, you see. So it's well characterised in a sense. And then the antibodies should begin to work a bit. And remember our friend the T-cells, they will definitely work against BA4 and 5, you see. So hence the fear that they're going to be even more severe is unlikely is the view at the moment. Now the thing about uh, those variants, uh, there may be many more. There could be BA16, BA25, BA62, but none of them survive because they're not that's right they're not sticky enough exactly yes it's constant it, variants because it's an RNA virus thing. the RNA viruses keep changing you know and they'll keep cropping up these variants but as long as the immune system holds up we don't worry about it. a question from the listeners Sean says uh, question do pox viruses affect children and adults differently don't know they don't children are equally susceptible of course children have a better immune system so as we know you know and they might fight it more quickly you see healthy people can limit pox viruses quite effectively in that way especially and because they're d- DNA virus are they DNA DNA viruses, yeah, yeah. all of them. That's right. Um, does the immune system react differently to DNA than RNA? No, equally, I guess is the way to think of it. It's the same kind of process gets kicked off by, by DNA and RNA viruses. I'm just wondering if the DNA kind of provokes them a bit more. Yeah. The, D- the DNA, it's strangely fact these viruses are good at dodging the immune system, pox viruses. The uh, DNA is, a, is a, an extra weapon, if you like, to make things to avoid immunity. So that's one of the features of pox viruses. Uh, another question, are vegans less likely to catch monkeypox? Well, in Africa, Africa, there would be a big source of infection is eating bushmeat, you see. So now, often outbreaks in the Congo, they're eating these rodents, you see. It's mainly rodents, remember. And you can catch it off the meat. So, of course, if you're a vegan, you won't be eating meat. So there's one reason why vegans wouldn't catch it. But otherwise, no, vegans would be equally susceptible yeah, I mean, to you the could be roots. bitten by a rodent or exactly. whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, okay. That's right. Um, the, the, the question then of, of smallpox uh, and how it was eliminated. I mean, you know, we're trying to get cooperation on all sorts of things globally. How was the global cooperation orchestrated Incredible. to do away with smallpox? It's, it's the biggest medical achievement in history, Pat. This is a devastating disease. One in three died of it. You know, millions and millions through history died of smallpox. And once the vaccine was discovered, and it was a very effective vaccine, get it out. And there was a the WHO. They went all, all up the dusty roads all over the world, you know, yeah. to get the vaccine into these villages. And finally, then it was eliminated from this. It's the only disease, Pat, actually, to be completely eradicated on Earth, which is a huge achievement. Isn't it? But it took logistics and effort. Decades of effort, of course, to do this. And does it exist in labs? It does. You see, well, the, Ru- the dreaded Russians and the Americans have a sample just in case. You know, they've kept a yeah. sample in labs there, just, you know, I guess just in case. I mean, the difficulty war. is that if you decide to release something like this, you know, the suspicion about the Chinese and the virus and all the rest. It affects you just as that's as right. Big, as as uh, it, it affects you as devastatingly. Yeah. 
as it would your enemy. That's right. But the worry there was you might vaccinate your population <laughs> and then release. This is on, uh, 20 years ago. This is a big fear, you see. So it didn't happen, thankfully. Though, did it? it was never used as a bio bioterrorism weapon, thankfully. So that, that'd be the trick for world domination. Vaccinate your own population yep. and then release something and the world is your oyster. It's a James Bond plot. Is a pattern of Isn't it? <laughs> Maybe that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.